This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. What kind of super ager are you? Go to ageist.com slash quiz. Take the super ager quiz and we'll send you directed personalized information to help you super age the best that you can. Welcome to Super Age. My name is David Stewart. I am the founder of Ageist and your host on the Super Age show. We talk about how to live healthier, how to live longer, and how to be happier. And who doesn't want that? Today's show is brought to you by Inside Tracker, the dashboard to your inner health. Go to insidetracker.com/ageist, save 20% on all their products. Today's show is also brought to you by Ned's Mellow Magnesium, designed to help busy people sleep better. Go to helloned.com slash ageist and save 15%. Get yourself some better sleep. Today's show is also brought to you by Timeline Nutrition with their breakthrough product, MitoPure, the first clinically tested urolithin A supplement, which is showing tremendous results for mitochondrial health. Go to timelinenutrition.com slash ageist, use the code ageist at checkout and save 10% off your first order of MitoPure. Welcome to episode 153 of the Super Age Podcast. Great to have you with us. This will be dropping on September the 27th, 2023. This week on the show, we have an absolutely fascinating topic. There was a paper that was put out a few months ago where they did a study on the effect of increasing people's olfactory environment, so the variety of scents within their environment and how increasing one's exposure to these different smells increased one's memory and one's cognitive capacity to really an astonishing degree. So we're going to be talking to the lead scientist who did that study, and I can only imagine the implications of this. And because I need a little help in this area, we've got Fabrice Quaze also on the show. Fabrice is an expert in the fragrance industry, and he is the founder and CEO of Scent of Wood. And he knows a lot about fragrance and scent from the other side, um, from, you know, uh, pleasure and, and, and things like that, rather than the science and the cognitive part of it. So we got a great conversation coming up. You're really going to like this. So a bit of an update about what's going on around here. I had relatively minor knee surgery four weeks ago, and I've been involved in physical therapy to recover. And because it's Park City, Physical therapy here is rather different than what I've done it in other places. It's really like extreme personal training is what I would say. And it's exhausting. <laughs> and I finished my, I go three times a week. And at the end of my session on Friday, my PT, Ryan, looked at me and he says, I need you to recover hard this weekend. And I sort of looked at him and he says, hard, recover hard. So I, I took that to mean just rest. So he was right. I was really tired. And Saturday morning at 8.30, I had scheduled an interview with the rather brilliant Roy Jeeves for an upcoming Ageist profile. And I didn't wake up. I slept straight through nine hours and 40 minutes. I completely missed the interview. And I, I've never done that. I never oversleep. I never miss these things. It was just like really embarrassing. <laughs> um, but um, he was right. I could recover hard and so hard, I basically did the same thing the next night. And, you know, by Monday morning, I felt great. So it, it, this goes to speak to, you know, not so much my inability to get up or use an alarm clock, but that 
the whole point of, of training, this idea of hormesis, which is you, know, you stress the body and it recovers to a high level, you need the recovery part in there. You just can't keep going, which is sort of my natural inclination. And luckily, my, my PT might be a brutalist, but he's very sensible to these things. By the way, have you guys signed up for our newsletter? You know, we have this amazing newsletter. It comes out every Thursday. If you go to ages.com, on the front of the site, you'll see sign up for the newsletter. And I recommend you do that. It's great. We work so hard on it. Today's show is brought to you by Ned's Mellow Magnesium. It's a sleep supplement that I've been taking for about three weeks, and it's great. I know a lot of you guys, we have problems sleeping. We wake up in the night or we have trouble getting to sleep, and you should check this out. So it's got three different kinds of magnesium. Magnesium is awesome to help us sleep. It's also one of the minerals that 75% of Americans are not getting enough of. Mellow Magnesium also has L-theanine and GABA, both of which are going to help us sleep. And full transparency, Ned shares all of its third-party lab reports right there on its site. So not just the research they do, but the research that everybody else does on their products. And that strikes me as a real vote of confidence from the brand on the products that they do. They have over 5,000 five-star reviews on their products. So I'm not the only one who likes this. You can't become the best version of yourself unless you're getting great sleep. Like nothing else works. You got to get sleep. So this is what you do. Go to helloned, that's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash ageist and get 15% off on all their products. Or if you forgot all that, just enter ageist, code ageist at checkout and you get your 15% off there. Today's show is also brought to you by Inside Tracker, the dashboard to your inner health. I'm a big believer in getting blood tests taken because it's simply the only way to get in-depth data about your metabolic factors, your hormones, and the things that inform your immediate and long-term health. There are also excellent DNA tests that can further inform you about your immediate and long-term health. The problem is the most blood tests out there is you get a lot of information back and you get a lot of numbers and they're not really going to tell you what to do about it. In addition, they can be very confusing. What all the factors are, what they mean. Inside Tracker has a dashboard and a platform that simplifies all of that. I get food first, supplements second, recommendations about how to optimize my inner health. For instance, I just got my test back and I saw that my calcium levels were a little low, which were surprising to me. But I have suggestions now about how to correct that. And I would not have known that had I not done an Inside Tracker blood test. Go to insidetracker.com slash ageist, save 20% on all their products today. Hey, just a quick reminder that after our conversation about our olfactory senses, that is our nose and our brains, our ability to remember things and think well, super interesting conversation. We're going to do just try this right after that conversation. So stay tuned for that. Right now, we're going to give a call to Michael Leon. He's PhD, professor of neurology and biology at the School of Biological Sciences, University of California, Irvine. And Michael's areas of interest are autism, Alzheimer's, aging, of course, and olfactory processing and sensory enrichment and how these things intersect. So he's an expert on this topic. We're going to give him a call right now, and we're going to be joined with Fabrice Quaze our fragrance expert and the founder of Scent of Wood, to help educate us on how this new information could affect his world. Hey, Michael, how are you today? Great. How are you? I'm wonderful. And where do we find you today? I'm in San Juan Capistrano. It's uh, equidistant between 
Los Angeles and San Diego. Oh, I know that town. It's beautiful. Good for yeah. you. And today, since we're going to be talking about smell and olfactory, we have another kind of smell expert on, an expert in fragrance. We have Fabrice Quaze. Welcome, Fabrice. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Fabrice is the founder of Scent of Wood. Fabrice has decades of experience in the fragrance industry and knows more about smell than I will ever forget. So we're going to count on him to help us with part of this discussion. Taking, so, uh, taking into consideration that I come from the from the angle of the art of olfaction rather than the science of olfaction. Exactly. I, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Because we have two different angles here on the word smell is just a bad word and, and olfactory is too big of a word and fragrance is sort of a different i don't know we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. scent, is we're good. Gonna, scent is good we're gonna go with scent so michael i want to talk a little bit about your background my understanding is your original interest was or your ongoing interest is autism alzheimer's things like this is that where you started well, I started doing basic research, and I did that for many, many years. And the basic research really led to what's called translation of the research into therapies for, for people. The first way that we did this was we took in our own work on keeping lab animals either in a standard box cage isolated or putting them in what's called an enriched environment, which is a much bigger cage with more friends and more things to do and more things to see more novelty in their lives. And it turns out that taking them from a, a restricted sensory motor experience to one where they get significantly more of that makes their brain much, much better. They're more capable in pretty much every way that you can imagine. And you can see this in humans as well. Let's get to scent. <laughs> so how did you get into that? So it turned out that there was another study showing that you could replicate the entire enriched environment phenomenon uh, in mice, in older mice, just with multiple odors every day, olfactory enrichment. And when you do this, the older mice, their memories improved and they began making more neurons than they had before. We wait, thought, wait, I want to stop you there. You're saying that the only change there was the odor environment and that happened? That, that was the only change? That was it. Different okay. kinds of odors on a regular basis. So that, that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. And we thought that maybe we could do the same thing with human older adults. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, we gave humans different odors on a regular basis. And uh, over the course of six months, they too had uh, a massive improvement in their memory, 226% better than a similar group of older adults who didn't get this kind of olfactory enrichment. I want to get to the test in a moment. So my friend Fabrice here, who smells different things, complex things, this is his job all day long. Do we expect Fabrice will never have Alzheimer's and have tremendous cognitive? This is why he's so much smarter than me, right? Because he smells things all day long. Well, it turns out that they've done uh, studies both on master perfumers, which I assume Fabrice is one of those, uh, and with uh, sommeliers in training. So professional wine tasters, actually professional wine smellers, uh, and professional perfume smellers. The way that they train is that they sniff dozens of odors every day for months and months. And this is so that they can identify, in the case of sommeliers, the scents that come out of fine wine. And uh, for perfumers, it allows them to put different perfumes together so it's in a, a pleasant aroma for, for people for perfumes. And when you look at their brains, the memory parts of their brains have expanded uh, significantly. So it's not just that they're experiencing a nice odor, 
It's that it's actually changing the memory centers of their brain. Okay. And how does so, that impact how does that impact yeah. the rest of their functioning in or, or their behavior in society? So we don't really know because people ha have just looked at their brains. We don't really know much about if they're smarter. Uh, of course, when you're dealing with sommeliers, they're also drinking large amounts of alcohol, and so that might compensate for uh, the <laughs> fact that their memory centers are getting better. Uh, for perfumers, you know, perfumers are amazing to me because they're sort of like uh, people who who write symphonies for orchestras. They have to put together dozens of different smells and and know what each smell is going to be like and how it's going to combine with others. It's just like putting music together. To me, that's proof enough of their uh, remarkable ability. And and my guess is is that we would see similar kinds of things in uh, sommeliers and other people who are uh, using odors on a regular basis, so that they are very uh, much attuned to uh, olfactory stimulation. And the in the part of the brain that we're talking about here, we're talking about memory center, or we're talking about executive function. Any other parts of the brain? There's this, particularly the memory function. It, the memory functions looks like it is most effective. And the reason is, is that all of the other senses can affect the health of the memory centers of the brain, um, but they have to go through what's called the thalamus, which is sort of a, a, the back of the brain that, that monitors and mediates all the other senses. These are the side streets of the brain, and so they have uh, much less interaction with the memory centers of the brain, uh, whereas the olfactory system has the only direct superhighway that goes directly into those memory centers and consequently has much more impact on their health. And if you don't get enough olfactory stimulation over the course of your life, the memory centers actually begin to deteriorate. You can lose olfaction for any of a dozen reasons, toxicity, air pollution, chronically stuffed nose, chronic stress in childhood, uh, menopause, a head injury, all of those things will further decrease the amount of olfactory stimulation uh, that we're getting. And in our modern affluent world, we just don't have much olfactory stimulation to begin with. My guess is if you took a deep breath now, you wouldn't smell anything. And Michael, I'm not a perfumer or a master perfumer. I'm a brand creator. So I work with master perfumers in order to create the, the, the fragrances that we put out in the market. But just like them, I spend my entire day smelling things. So um, I'm extremely interested by what you're describing right now. Have you made a difference in the way you administered fragrances to your to your patients or to your subjects of the of the research? Have you made a difference between what we call air care, which is basically um, candles and sticks and prod and and devices that will um, that will send the um, environment around you, versus fragrances? which is what you wear on yourself and your clothes and more directly. Have you made a difference like that? Yes. Yeah, so uh, we've actually formed a company and we've produced a device that sits on your nightstand and gives you this kind of stimulation as you sleep. 40 odors twice a night, twice a day has been shown to improve memory even in demented older adults, which nobody's really been able to do thus far. As we speak, olfactory enrichment looks like it is the most effective treatment for dementia. You know, what I've heard, I don't know if it's true, you can tell me if it's true, that uh, smoke alarms exist because our sense of smell doesn't happen when we sleep, or, or I guess during certain cycles of sleep. Is, is that true? So because all of the other senses go through the thalamus, 
the thalamus has connections to the sleep centers of your brain. So if you have a loud noise or touch somebody or um, put bright lights on them, they're going to wake up. People have not been able to wake people up with olfactory stimulation. And that's because the olfactory sense doesn't go through the thalamus. And so it doesn't have a connection to the sleep centers of the brain. And people have actually tried to make alarm clocks based on odors because people who are deaf, of course, can't hear the fire alarm. And so they would like to have a way of doing this with odors. Uh, they even tried frying bacon, and none of that will wake people up. Uh, so giving, him, giving odors to people as they sleep allows them to process it and change their brain, uh, but it does not uh, wake them up, which has benefits on both ends. Is there a, I guess where I'm going with this, is there a circadian component to this? At night, does this work better? At night during REM, we're flushing out our brains, we're moving our memories from short-term to long-term. Is, is that why you're doing it at night or is, does it matter? We're doing it at night because we want to get universal compliance. Oh, I see. Okay, right. With our uh, memory air device, uh, you put in a cartridge, press a button uh, just as you're about to go to sleep. And after that, you don't have to do anything for the next month. It automatically goes on a while after you started sleeping. And uh, it goes through the whole business without having to do anything. So if you give people the opportunity to do something, people know that it's a really good idea to do exercise. And very few older adults are doing that. Whereas here, everybody can do this because it doesn't take any effort. What are the 20 smells that you've selected? And in which order do you, do you diffuse them? Do you go like, uh, you have like five woody, woody smells, five florals, five fresh, and, or do you alternate between the various, uh, the various kind of, of smells? I mean, how did, you, how did you orchestrate that? We try to get a good selection uh, of odors uh, from all of the family groups of odors, and we try to mix them so it's not just woody, woody, woody. Um, but the, the main reason why we've selected these 40 odorants is that they've been used to improve the memory of older adults who have dementia. Uh, oh, so so what, do you have, is there like an all-time record um, smell that is best to, uh, to, for, to, to improve memory? And is that one that, that, you, that you have been using and identifying as the best one? So uh, many people think along these lines because they're so accustomed to the idea of aromatherapy. Aromatherapy yes. is when you have a single odor that you think has special characteristics and you give people that odor to treat this or that. Um, olfactory enrichment is different in that it really doesn't matter which odors you use. The important thing is having multiple odors. And so we just selected them because they're pleasant. Nobody wants unpleasant odors in their bedroom. Uh, and it's the idea that uh, any individual odor isn't critical. Uh, it's the multiplicity of odors. That's the critical aspect here. That's very different the way people think about uh, odors. They're really accustomed to thinking of this odor is good for this, this odor is good for that. And we don't deal with any of that. It's the more odors it looks like, the better. Fabrice deals with the complexity of odor, the complexity of scent, I want to say. And in the test that I read, they're all sort of single note essential oils. Does the complexity of scent further stimulate the brain? It turns out that if you 
give uh, mixtures of odors. The brain just regards them as a single odor. It's important to have the odors be discrete and numerous and try to get away from mixing them so that you have basically a soup uh, stimulating the brain. You want individual odors that are uh, enriching the novelty that you experience over the course of the day. So if I, if I understand you well, then it's more the alternance and the variety and the contrast between smells that matters rather than the composition and the nature of the smells that we smell. Exactly. Correct? I see. Yes. I see. Okay. What's the optimal cycling on this? Uh, we don't know the optimal cycling, but mind-blowing to have a 226% improvement in uh, memory in older adults and to improve uh, memory in older adults with uh, dementia by up to 300%. So, so there, there may be an even better way of doing this, maybe more odors, maybe more times a day, maybe different odors, we don't know. Uh, but if we just stick to what we know, it, it's, it's pretty remarkable. There's something here I read about olfactory stimulation during sleep, deep and slow wave sleep. Um, and there's a study cited here, the most restful portion of the sleep cycle. And people report feeling more vigorous the next day after nighttime olfactory exposure. Odorants enhance normal sleep, and they also improve abnormal sleep at a magnitude similar to that of sleep medication. So what I understand here is that if we're being scent stimulated at night, we're going to sleep better. Is that, did I get that right? Yeah, that's that's the bonus. So uh, in addition to having universal co compliance, you get to have a better night's sleep. That's the cherry on top. I want to get to the cognition test. Forgive me here, I'm not a scientist. So help me out. What was the cognition test? Let's go back a little bit. How many people were in the study? 43. 43, and then you were you split between a control and a and a test group. So people were randomly assigned to either getting olfactory enrichment or to getting everything else. They had all the device and all the things going, but no odor was coming out. And it went on for six months. How often were the cognition tests given? Just once in the beginning, and then after six months. Right, once at the beginning before they started, and then after six months after they've had either had olfactory enrichment for six months or not olfactory enrichment for six months. What's a cognition test? Help me out. What is that? Well, this is a very simple one, but it's been used many, many times, and it's very reliable, and it's been shown to be valid. That is, if you look a number of these tests, they have the same kind of output. And all it is is you uh, have somebody carefully recite a list of, of words, uh, 15 words, uh, and you ask people to remember that. And then you ask them again, you read them again, they ask, they do it again. And uh, you do it five times, and uh, then you have a delay, and then you do it a sixth time. Um, and, and what this does is it shows how people can start to remember uh, words, and words are just one way of, of assessing memory. Uh, but it shows a very dramatic improvement uh, after the six months of stimulation. So... Each group has five of these they go through. And then were you seeing similar up through the, the gradation of the five? Or So we just looked at the fifth time they were given this list. And just the fifth. That, uh -huh. And that shows that they've been uh, improving their ability to learn things and their ability to remember things. And uh, it turns out that that was sufficient to show a dramatic improvement.
I'm just curious, why five and not one? <laughs> uh, because you get better, right? If, if I gave you a list oh. of things, you would get, you know, maybe three or four right. But over ah. two, re- with repetition, you might get nine out of the 15 right. Uh, and so this shows if you keep on just having three right, that you're not learning and remembering very well. If, uh, on the other hand, you get 10 right out of 15, uh, it shows that you've improved uh, quite quite clearly. So, Michael, I want to give you a scenario here. I'm going to plug Fabrice's company because it's awesome. Um, Scent of Wood, and they do a subscription thing, right? So they you get like one every month. So now I have a lot of them. I don't know. I've got like 12 or 15. So now if I wear a different fragrance, a different scent every day, so I'm stimulating myself every day, is that helping my brain or do I need to change it faster? Yeah, probably. That That's just uh, one other way of doing it. And, uh, you know, I assume that these odors are pretty different from each other. And uh, over time, you would get different kinds of odor stimulation, stimulating the memory centers of your brain, and you should have improvement. What do you think, Fabrice? I'm fascinated. I mean, I've never, of the many, many, many things that I've heard about the about smelling and fragrances and scent over the past 30 years of my career i've never heard this <laughs> and yeah. uh and it's obviously not the angle that we usually take when we create a fragrance but it's incredibly fascinating do you michael do you find there's a difference with words like poetry or uh music or like do you, do you think that um uh, listening to different types, contrasting, contrasting types of music, whether it's during your sleep or, or during um, waking hours. Um, do you think that would help as well? Or is it something that you have established is specific to the smelling sense? So all kinds of stimulation are good for the memory centers of your brain. Hearing certainly is important. Uh, if you don't get enough uh, auditory stimulation, the memory centers of your brain start to go south. Uh, and that's why it's important for older adults to get hearing aids when they need them, uh, and particularly men, because men are five times more likely to need a hearing aid, but they're much less likely to actually get them. Uh, and that's partly due to the, the cost, which can be thousands of dollars, but it's also because they don't want to appear to be old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but because they don't want to appear to be old, uh, that will further cause their memory centers to deteriorate. And they will actually get older. Uh, so, so definitely they should do that. Uh, vision is also something uh, that needs to be maintained. Uh, for example, if uh, your lenses start to cloud over, you want to get them replaced uh, because in those cases, your memory centers will deteriorate along with your memory. Um, it's also true of truing, chewing. So chewing uh, is also something that stimulates the memory centers of your brain. And if you don't get enough chewing, let's say you go on a liquid diet, which people do uh, because it's easier, particularly as they get older, uh, that also causes the memory centers of their brain to deteriorate. Uh, similarly, people who aren't exercising, same thing. Mm. Um, what I find particularly particularly fascinating in what you're, you're telling us today is that it's the opposite, looking at, it's looking at smell in the, a complete opposite way of the, the way I've been trained to do, which is that what you actually smell doesn't matter. What matters is that there is a rhythm, a contrast, a variety, a, a <laughs> that you smell something new. You said that uh, you focus on pleasant smells because no one wants to have bad smells in their home. 
But I would assume that if you did it with bad smells, it would be the same as long as you keep contrasting and you keep you keep that rhythm there. Um, so it doesn't matter what it smells like. What matters is that it smells like something and it changes all the time, right? right. And I find that I find that extremely interesting. So one possibility for marketing uh, perfumes uh, is to put a, a kit together with a dozen different perfumes and yeah. tell people it not only will be pleasant to them, but it will also help their brain. I work with a company that specializes in air care, and they have developed, it's, it's based here in Salt Lake City, named Pura. And they develop cartridges that you plug to the wall, and um, it, the, their current system allows for two cartridges, and you have an app that you can direct the device with. And you can have one smell in your room for, let's say, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., and then it uses the other smell and so on, right? Mm-hmm. They, should, they should talk to people like you or to, to, to you as a person because um, they should have more than two smells in their, in, their, in their devices. They should alternate them often. And if they can have a, if it can have a therapeutic uh, impact on their, on their customers, I mean, there's, there might be something like, you know, I mean, I'm looking at it from a business perspective, but from a health perspective, or a combination of both, could be extraordinary. People uh, have always been uh, drawn to pleasant odors. So the reason that pretty much everything, every consumer product you buy is scented is that people tend not to buy them unless they are scented. So people are really motivated to get odors. Uh, and my guess is, is that evolution has has made it so that we are drawn to odors. We just didn't know what the optimum would be for smelling odors. That is, we didn't know that what you really need is not one odor or two odors, but multiple odors every day. And that is probably why we're drawn to odors so much, is that we our brain really needs them. Could we, could we envision some kind of a research that contrasts a group of people who have smelled heavily for a living, so they, whose life has entirely been dedicated to smelling new things all the time, on one hand, and people who, on the other hand, have smelled only the same thing their entire life. Like they've worked in the same factory and they've smelled the same smell of rubber the entire life, or whatever it might be, right? And then see if there's a, a difference in the way they age and in the way they keep or don't keep their memory or are subject or not subject to diseases like Alzheimer's. Is that, is that something that has been done or that could be done? or It could be done. This idea is relatively new. And so people haven't done these long-term studies, which is what you'd need years and years of monitoring people. Yes, it absolutely could be done. Uh, And in fact, you can predict which older adults are most likely to uh, develop mild cognitive impairment, the first step on the road to dementia. And among people with mild cognitive impairment, you can predict which ones are most likely to develop Alzheimer's disease. And among the people who develop Alzheimer's disease, you can predict which ones are most likely to develop uh, a rapid uh, decline in their memory, all by their ability to smell things. And in fact, by your middle age, there are now seven large epidemiological studies showing that your all-cause mortality, that is, whether you live or whether you die for any reason, can be predicted by your ability to smell things. I've had Dr. Mike Roizen on here a couple of times. Mike's the head of wellness for the Cleveland Clinic. And one of his protocols is every day, and he I remember he told me this. I had no idea what he was talking about. He's like, you need to smell four powerful things every day. And I think he told me like 
he, he rattled them off. Like, you need to smell garlic, you need to smell this and that. He was looking at it, my understanding was, as a test that you might have some future cognitive issue. But actually, from what I'm learning from you, is it's preventative. Right. So it's, it's uh, people have talked about using uh, smelling tests to see if you are vulnerable to uh, Alzheimer's disease, uh, Parkinson's disease, depression, all of these things, uh, the loss of olfaction comes well before any other symptom. So the loss of olfaction is the first thing to go south in Alzheimer's disease. Same thing with Parkinson's, same thing with depression. And there are actually about 70 different neurological disorders that are accompanied by olfactory loss. Uh, so all the ones you know of, anorexia, uh, autism, um, depression, epilepsy, stroke, all of them are associated with uh, olfactory loss. Uh, and the things that are most likely uh, to kill you, uh, heart disease, cancer, liver disease, lung disease, kidney disease, all of those are accompanied by olfactory loss. So it may be that uh, the loss of olfaction makes you vulnerable to expressing the symptoms of these disorders. So for the children with uh, autism, for example, uh, they still have autism, but they don't express the symptoms. Uh, and you can see this with Alzheimer's disease as well. Uh, there's something uh, called a cognitive reserve which means that people who uh, actually have all the neuropathology, that is all the damage in their brain. So you look at that and you say, oh, this person is really far gone. And it turns out that they don't have any memory loss. And the reason is, is that they have built up their cognitive ability over their lifetime so that they are highly educated, highly sociable, uh, have careers that are demanding uh, intellectually. and it builds up a cognitive reserve so that you can have Alzheimer's disease, but not have the symptoms of memory loss. And we think what olfactory stimulation is doing is it serves as, a, as an olfactory reserve that can take the place of cognitive reserve. So you don't have to go back and get a PhD. You can just get olfactory stimulation uh, at any age. We talk a lot here about exercise all the time. We talk about exercise all the time. We talk, you know, all these different ways to reduce all-cause mortality. When, I love that expression, by the way, all-cause mortality. This is my favorite expression. <laughs> so if we were to, say, suggest a program to people, we want you to live longer and healthier and stuff. So I would, you know, I'd say, okay, like, what are you eating? How are you exercising? How you, let's talk about your sleep. And if I went to you and I said, okay, we want to put this other layer of defense in here, as as you were saying, you know, sort of an olfactory reserve. What would you be suggesting people to do? I would say if you can get 40 odors twice a night, you should do it. If you can do it during the day. 40 uh, different odors a day. That's That's a lot. It sounds like a lot, but it's actually not so much. I've been doing it for years, and I actually use a sommelier training kit. And it just has a bunch of odors that are lined up. While I'm watching television, I just go like that, take the next one. Oh, that's all. It's so just like a moment, right? Yeah. Just, it's, it's not the overwhelming stimulation. It's the multiplicity of stimuli. So if I'm in the grocery store, smell everything. People are going to think I'm a nut. I want to, I want to smell this. I want to smell this. I want to smell this. Just constantly smell, you know, like the way. I don't It'll want to... just take you 10 or 15 minutes to do it at home. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Fabrice, what are your what are your thoughts on this? Well, my thought, my, my my first thought is that this is pretty much the way I live because I'm, I'm I have, and just just out of sheer luck, right? Like now I'm learning that I'm going to keep my memory for a long time, but I, I I'm I'm constantly smelling different versions of the same smell or contrasting a smell with another to see if they fit well within my brand or smelling ingredients that compose a smell to understand the, the role that each of them plays. Um, so I, I live my life, I, and you know that, David, I live my life with blotters all the time. I have blotters in my pockets, I have blotters in my house, I have blotters, you know. Um, so that what, what, you, what you do in front of your TV uh, for 15 minutes or 20 minutes at night, I do it for a living all day long. So <laughs> that, that's, I guess this conversation is great news for my future health. Um, I agree with you that it takes very little organization and time to actually make that happen. All you have to do is, or, I mean, you do it with a sommelier kit. You can do it with a perfumer kit. You can do yeah. it with a final, a, a final fragrances, right? You, yeah. could, you, you can have like your collection of fragrances that you love. You put them on your blotters and you just smell them for a little while, almost absent-mindedly. And then you go to the next one, right? Yes, um, that's it. This is incredible. Have you, um, have you published your research? We have. And uh, people are really fascinated by it. So in the month that it's been out, uh, there have been over 220,000 people who've read the article, which is <laughs> um, amazing. Uh, that typically doesn't happen. There have also been 145 news stories about us uh, and people tweeting and all sorts of stuff. So people are really fascinated by it. seems to hit a, have hit a nerve. <laughs> the olfactive nerve. Yes. Yeah. This is amazing. Well, I'm so glad that uh, that I was part of this conversation, David. This is really quite extraordinary what I'm listening to, what I'm hearing here. This is really quite wonderful. As a matter of fact, Michael, I would love to have you on my Instagram, just so that you tell the story that you just told to people who are interested in fragrance, right? Specifically in fragrance. Because a brand like mine and many other brands, um, our core customer is not somebody who buys a fragrance once in a while, but it's people like David who have a genuine love for fragrance and collect them and have like somewhere between 10, between 10 and 350 fragrances <laughs> at home, right? And, um, and it sounds like a, a crazy amount, but there's a lot of people who have more than 100 fragrances at home. Yeah. And a so brand like mine caters to those people. And I'm sure that listening to you would make them feel very happy, like I'm feeling right now, about their future prospects because right. they've been doing something extremely good for their health without never knowing it, you know? So that's well, my guess is, is that there's something that they're drawn to it uh, and they don't know why. And my guess is, is that there's an evolutionary reason that people are drawn to these odors because their brain really needs them. Uh, and people who sniffed odors uh, a lot had much more success than people who didn't. Uh, and if you, I'm sure you know this, but there are people who really don't like any odors. <laughs> there are people who like many, many different odors and they like a lot of them. And then there are the people in the middle, mostly who like odors because, you know, you can't get a, a shampoo that isn't scented, for example. But there's something, there's an implication to what you, what you have discovered, which I think is extremely fascinating, which is that smell remains the unsung hero of the senses, right? And for 10 different music or for, for 200 different pieces of music that you will hear in your life, 
you will smell two fragrances, right? Now you do smell the garlic and you do smell the tomato and you smell that, but it's 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 not something that you necessarily focus on for like uh, for a hundred movies that you will watch or a hundred pictures that you will take and look at. There will be like one scent, right? And right. what I hear you what I hear you say is that if we rebalanced our sensory uh, our sensory experience of life a little bit better or a little bit more towards the olfactive, the world of the olfactive, it would have positive implications on our health. And that's amazing. That, yes. is, that is incredible. I should also point out that it also helps emotionally. So uh, in addition to improving the memory of older adults with dementia, it also decreased their depression symptoms by 325%, which wow. is just extraordinary. Uh, it also helps people who have PTSD. Uh, mm -hmm. If you give them olfactory stimulation while they're sleeping, they tend not to have the nightmares that wake them up and make their lives miserable. Uh, and so we we think there's also an important emotional aspect to it. And again, because the olfactory input has a direct input into the emotional center of the brain, uh, as opposed to all the others that don't go directly there. A lot of what you're saying reminds me of what I hear about uh, scientists and uh, and doctors uh, who are involved with hallucinogenic drugs and using using um, using them to treat PTSD and and to treat depression and to treat you know um, which is a which is a very new um, new field in medicine um, and that's 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 very interesting. Well. I'm so fascinated by this conversation. Thank you so much. Sure, my <laughs> pleasure. What an amazing, amazing conversation. David, I'm so thankful again for, uh, for your ideas and your connections. <laughs> it's great to have you on, Fabrice. Michael, we're going to leave a link to the paper in our show notes. Fascinating. You know, there's, there has been some press out there sort of slamming this and the... Yeah, anything you do uh, these days. Yeah. It's, anything um, you... <laughs> Anything new and, Any, and yeah, so, so it would also be helpful uh, because otherwise people will contact me if you could put up a memoryair.com connection because yeah. people will want to sign up for it. We'll let sure. them know when it's available for them. Michael, it's been a pleasure. I'm already sensing after you get off the call, I'm going to contact my friend Fabrice and say, <laughs> I need another dozen candles. Get them over here. <laughs> okay, that's I what you're doing. Feel David. <laughs> All right. Take care, Michael. Thank you so much for okay. your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. I find this such a fascinating discussion. I hope you guys did too. And after we had this discussion, I found myself, I have sort of a whole line of scents that I've purchased over the years on top of my dresser. And what I do every night is, I don't know, there's about 20 of them. I smell them all um, and try to understand the differences between them. This idea of sensory enrichment and sensory discernment, how it intersects with our ability to think and remember, I think is just amazing. We're going to get with Just Try This after a quick word from one of our sponsors. Today's show is also brought to you by Timeline Nutrition with their breakthrough product, MitoPure. MitoPure is the first and only clinically tested, highly pure urolithin A postbiotic. There have been over 300 published scientific studies on urolithin A, including human-completed and ongoing clinical trials involving over 900 participants. The results are impressive. By energizing cells, MitoPure is revolutionizing cellular aging. 
Urolithin A is the only known substance clinically proven to trigger a crucial recycling process within our cells called mitophagy. I've been using MitoPure for several months. The members of our scientific board and their families use it, and many of our friends use it because we have read the science and we can feel the difference. This is a product I'm going to be taking for as long as I possibly can. Receive 10% off your first purchase at TimelineNutrition.com slash Ageist. Use the code Ageist at checkout. This week on Just Try This, in keeping with our guests this week, I would like to suggest that we try and increase the range and variety of things that we smell every day. Do it with some purpose. What I do, I smell all these scents before I go to bed. But I'm taking a much greater interest in the way things smell in the grocery store, the way things smell out in the world, and to just consciously stop and, you know, as they say, stop and smell the roses. Well, it seems as though stopping and smell the roses is not only going to give you um, a nice pleasurable moment, but could also increase your brain faculties. So this week on the tip, try and spend a little more time paying attention to how things smell and, and actually seek them out. Thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. This is the time in the show every week where I ask for your help. And if you can, please leave us a rating. Please leave us a comment wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you're on. And what would really make my day is share this podcast with someone you know and ask them to subscribe. This whole discussion around olfactory senses, memory and cognition, this is new stuff. There may be other people talking about this out there, not so much to my knowledge. So if you know somebody out there who you think could use this, who would find it interesting, please share it with them and ask them to subscribe. Until next week, everyone have a wonderful week and go out there and smell some stuff. We'll see you then. Bye.